0: This is your other brother's podcast.
1: It's like running through an open door. It's like finding.
2: Welcome, friends, to your other brother's podcast. We are a community navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. From the Jewel the Blue Ridge. I think I said that right. Blue Ridge of Asheville, North Carolina. My name is Tom. I'm so glad you're here. The Boo Ridge. That's, that's what I should say for Halloween. Mental note when Halloween rolls around. I live in the Boo Ridge um joining me from the this is so exciting you guys from the first folksy tundra of minnesota it's our other brother aaron what's up aaron
3: hello hello yeah it's good to be here i get to debut a- another time in a row with will this time last time was with ben that's
2: right um you just spoiled it though but joining us not from the folksy but frozen tundra of alberta it's our other brother will what's up will?
1: hey <clears throat> it's pretty frozen here So (laughs) I'm sure it's it's a warm day. Actually, it's only minus 15. So we're doing pretty good.
2: Wow. Oh my gosh. My life is much better
3: than yours. Sorry, Will.
2: (laughs) This is so exciting, you guys, because last few episodes, it's been new chemistries, new combinations. We have both the folksy and frozen tundras in one place. Do you feel the tundras colliding? Do you feel them right now?
3: I feel them coexisting in (laughs) unity.
2: Yeah, I I prefer that. One is folksy, one is frozen, and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to record with you guys today as we talk about our fifth Yab value. We are wrapping it up. We are getting to the end of this thing. We're starting to get closer and closer. Uh, We're talking about integrity today, our fifth of seven Yab values, and so... Aaron, Will, and myself. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit, talking about um, why it's there, the origin stories of integrity, um, what that means collectively for your other brothers, and what that means individually in each of our lives. So last time we talked about vulnerability and Will Cooper, I just wanted to know if, uh, if you had anything to add or to say about vulnerability this is something i'd like to do with all of these episodes is like go back to the person who wasn't on that episode and see if you have anything to say so so will cooper is there anything vulnerable you'd like to share with us or do you have any wisdom to share (laughs) about vulnerability I, I
1: guess my vulnerability right now is I'm behind in the episodes and have not gotten to
2: the vulnerability episode. <laughs> well, the truth is, the truth is, this is my vulnerability, is that that episode was supposed to come out last week and it's actually still in the editing Oh, so it's Simon oh, out. It's not even so out. So I was
1: feeling guilty. And <laughs> it's not even out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I thought I was caught up. I guess I'm not. <laughs>
2: this is a total fail because I I didn't expect that you would say that. I expected you to just start rattling off something wise and vulnerable as if you already knew that the episode wasn't out there. But now we all know that it hasn't been published yet. And but when the listeners listen to this, it will have come out certainly by now. So I don't know. This is just an all off off all, all, all off-putting weird tangent that we're on right now.
1: Hey, now now I don't feel as bad for not listening to it. Like, so that's This has
2: been an exercise in vulnerability, basically. <laughs> well, if I may be so vulnerable right now, thank God this isn't a video podcast because my left eye, you guys, is starting to feel <laughs> swollen. I feel like Quasimodo a little bit, you know, the guy he's the guy from The Hunchback, right? The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah.
1: Yep. Notre Dame, easily the best Disney movie. It ever. is definitely underrated. I have it's very never
2: good. seen it. Never seen it. What? Not once. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but anyway, uh. this isn't about shaming Tom because we do that on a regular basis. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying I've had I've had this. Uh, I think it's been like a sty in my eye, and I saw a doctor and I got eye drops, and it helped at least alleviate any pain and any itching and like pinkishness but now i just feel like it's just permanently squinted and so i don't know i pray for me i'm being vulnerable today i should have just gone without a camera today honestly but i'm showing (laughs) aaron and will i hope you appreciate i'm showing you my hideous self just to we love you just
3: <laughs> as you are, Tom. Um, I will say though, your eye does look worse than the last time we recorded. Oh,
2: so. don't say that. <laughs>
3: unfortunate. I,
1: I was telling Tom earlier that it looks like I got into a fight, and I. I that's just a much better that's, compliment. That's a story you should go with. Like, yeah. uh, like you were you are protecting some vulnerable citizen, and you yeah. got in a fight and uh, got hit in the eye, like. I took one for
2: the team defending, defending somebody, you know, that's probably, that's probably what happened. We're going to go with that. It's
1: like lying doesn't go against integrity, does it?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) What a great segue. No, it's fine. It's fine. That's the quote of the episode, lying doesn't go against integrity, right? (laughs)
3: <laughs> as long as you're I lying for the right reasons,
2: <laughs> that's Self-dain
3: right. Or self-image; those are all the right reasons.
2: Did you guys hear that that like scenario when you grew up? Like, like if if Hitler and the Nazis came to your house and asked you if there were any Jews inside, would you say that yes, they're in the attic? Because if you lie, then God would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez! Do you guys hear that? My church scenario? put it quite that way. I've no. heard that. I I have heard that scenario. <laughs> like you can't even lie in that situation. <laughs> we won't we won't go too
3: deep down. Was that, that the moral of the story? Was you're not allowed to lie even? Yes. Then? Like oh, yeah. Like
2: essentially, do, do you cut corners with lie, or is it okay sometimes? It's like trying to teach you the sinister nature of cutting corners or not. Not obeying God all the time, but it's like I would like to dig into integrity.
1: (laughs) I I do like getting into like ethical philosophy. So if we do want to go down this road, I'm all for it.
2: Can you go down this road in like 45 seconds or less? What is What are your thoughts (laughs) on the Hitler (laughs) on the Jews in the attic Hitler visiting scenario?
1: i i can't i cannot but this does like overlap in areas of like utilitarian philosophy mm-hmm. um or we could go down to like um uh deontolo- deontological ethics which is uh sort of command ethics like there's a whole bunch of avenues i cannot do that in 45 seconds okay i'm sorry
2: <laughs> maybe there'll be maybe there'll be a yabba log stay tuned <laughs>
1: i'll I write a mm. blog for the first time in a year please <laughs> yeah there you Jeez, go well i'm
2: this with you, is my yeah. my regular plea for a will cooper blog but i know my my cries go unheard i pray that they be heard <laughs> one day one day they'll be heard all right well that's that is that's a little teaser of the integrity conversation to come so so stay tuned before we get to integrity and we've already crossed off vulnerability. I also want to harken back to humility, which I'm going to reference in this episode, um, because we actually got a voicemail about our humility episode. So thank you to, I mean, you guys, I love our listeners when they call the Yob Line. Um, when they take the time to do that, It's it just shows intentionality. It shows that this is more than just a monologue, even though it's never a monologue because we're always talking to one another. But, but it's not only conversations with the three or four people on our show, but it's also a conversation with all of the people listening as well, and I love that. So um, so thank you to our listener who called. He had something to say about the humility episode, and so I'm gonna play his message. I think, Will Cooper, you were on that episode. I think, they're all mixing in my head now, but yes, Will Cooper, you were on that episode. I don't know if you remember, Will Cooper, when we talked about the humility acorn, and if the acorn is a seed or if it's a nut. <laughs>
1: I do remember that conversation. Well, I don't think I had an answer. Did a I? listener.
2: I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Um, you specialize in pastoral things. That was a very non-pastoral issue. So um, we had a listener wanted to chime in along with other things. So let's play. Let's play his message.
4: Hey, um, I was just in the middle of still in the middle of the humility episode, but I just had a few thoughts I wanted to share. One of them was um, as a five, I am a five. I don't really Know a whole lot about the Enneagram, but I know I consistently get five when I take that quiz. And um, a handful of times you keep saying the fives are thinking this, the fives are thinking that, and every time you were right on it. So, first things first, nuts are seeds. It's like, is it a seed or is it a nut? That question is like asking, is it a Toyota or is it a Corolla? Is it a dog or is it a Rottweiler? All nuts are seeds. Not all seeds are nuts, but all nuts are seeds. First things first. Second of all, on the note of humility, um, as I said, I haven't finished the podcast yet, but, sorry, I'm driving. When I think of humility, I always think of, you're talking about pride and shame and humility and how those three things relate. I always think of the quote from Uncle Iroh um, from Avatar The Last Airbender, which that show comes highly recommended by me and many others. But one of the characters is... He's dealing with his shame, but he's also very proud of what had recently happened, and he was kind of confused about why he still felt ashamed. And his uncle says, pride is not the opposite of shame, but its source. Only true humility is the antidote to shame. And I think he got that right on money, and I just wanted to share that with you all.
2: All right, there was a lot there. That was a a journey, I will say. There's a quote from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. There's a a line about face journeys where we watch one of the characters' faces, and so I was just having a delightful time watching Aaron's and Will's faces as that message played. There's a lot to get to there, starting with a five. Look at that, Will Cooper. Do you feel less alone in the world?
1: Oh, you know, it's it's so great to to
2: hear a fellow five. Did you feel the five-ish energy? I felt it. I felt it oh. the whole time
1: especially when, when he said he didn't really know anything about the Enneagram, like that's total five, you know, everything about everything except the Enneagram.
2: And you're kind of against it. And you're like, I don't think this is, oh, there's no way that this thing could possibly describe me a hundred percent. Yeah. There's a lot of that I really appreciate. It. I had never heard that before going back to the nut and seed controversy. I had never heard before that all nuts. I'm going to get this backwards. All nuts are seeds. Is that right? Not all seeds are nuts, yeah. but all nuts are seeds. Right. I'd never known that. So that's revelatory. So thank you for that. It really is. That
3: was that was big news. And <laughs> so it was spoken with such confidence that
2: I yeah. I believe him. Yeah, I'm not even gonna bother looking that up. He he said that with authority. He's a five, so I I trust the I trust the resources. Yeah. I trust the references, you know. Um so there's that. I appreciate that. Okay, so speaking of things I've never seen, Avatar the Last Airbender, never seen it, don't know anything about it, but I know that is a big like thing so good in people's childhoods in our communities so.
1: prince zuko so he's the right guy that is referenced uh uh in this voicemail um so uncle iro prince zuko i'm like i want to be prince zuko when i grew up even though technically as a character he's younger than me but <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you enjoy do you did you enjoy the reference because i didn't get the reference so i i didn't know if this was appropriate or not but it's I saw you guys lighting up when he talked about it.
1: I have some of the graphic novels over here on my uh, bookshelf. Nice. So, Oh, yeah. Of course Very you do. Very nice.
2: Of course you do. Well, there's a shout out to all our Avatar people. Didn't they make it a movie and it like wasn't good? That's, that's what I heard.
3: They did a live action movie. It didn't go well. But supposedly, there's going to be a new series coming out in the nearish, well, like in the next mm. few years.
1: Yeah, I think on Netflix. I, I don't know much about it. Yeah, it was somewhere. But I, I pretend like the movie never existed. That was like from an alternate yeah. universe, and we had an accidental leak from that universe, <laughs> and it, just, <laughs> it, just it was never over. supposed to be.
2: <laughs> Gotcha. Gotcha. That's kind of the vibe I got from like serious fans of the, of the cartoon going up. So there's, yeah,
3: I think even non-serious fans would go and be like, that wasn't a very good movie. So the serious fans are offended, but the non-serious fans are just like, that wasn't
2: good. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I appreciate the call. That was really fun. That was really great. I hope he made it. On his way, wherever he was going, because he was driving. I love it when people call when they're driving. That's really fun to me. There's such a, a an inertia that's happening with our show. We we carry people from their workplaces to their homes, to their gyms, to their grocery stores, wherever they're going. So so y'all travel safe out there if you're gonna call the yob line. But we love it when you when you call. So maybe maybe someone will call about this episode and have something something to share we don't have anything as exciting as our acorns nuts or seeds to to have a contra oh yes we do we talked about lying about people in your home to the nazis so maybe maybe we do have some if you guys want to chime in on that call the obline one 389 8009 or remember you can leave a voice memo nobody's done this yet nobody's taken me up on the voice memo um whether you live inside of America or outside of America, if you want to call and leave a voice memo to podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. go for that as well. We'd love to hear from you. Um, thank you, sponsor of this show, Cairns. Not Karen's, but cairns. I struggle to pronounce that word. I think I'm saying it right, but it's it's spelled C-A-I-R-N-S. Cairns. Um, which, if you don't know what those are, sponsoring today's show, it's a stack of stones just to put it bluntly. It's a stack of stones um, and you'll see these like when you go hiking out in the woods, you'll go hiking, you'll see the stack of stones over there. You'll see a stack of stones over there. And they're just meant to be markers. They're meant to be kind of like guideposts Um, Sometimes they're just like silly little things that kids might do as they're going on a hike and they just stack a bunch of stones together. But um, it's kind of meant as a marker. It's an intentional marker. Uh, And it is the symbol for integrity, the the topic that we have today. Um, And this was, as always, all of our artwork done by the amazing Wesley Ayers. Check him out, artofatlas.com. You guys can check out the artwork on our website, yourotherbrothers.com slash values. Um, I'm gonna read the description and our scripture uh, and then give you guys the origin story about this value and about the artwork as well, um, because this was the last piece of artwork to come together. It took forever for this piece of artwork to come together in my mind and then in in then in Wesley's art. And so I'm gonna talk about all of that. I'm excited to to do that. and then we'll talk about integrity within our community integrity in our lives. So here's what we have about integrity, our fifth value. We regularly self-assess, both individually and collectively. We confess our sins, our misrepresentations of God, our miscommunications with others, and our otherwise falling short. When we fall down, we climb again, and we remember from where we've come. And our scripture, Proverbs 4, 25 through 27, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And so I mentioned it was in one of the previous episodes. I forget which one it was, but I mentioned that it was like 2018, no, 2019. It was 2019. I remember it was 2019 because it was right after my grandfather had died and I had taken this solo trip up to Acadia National Park up in Maine, which is one of my favorite national parks. I've been to... 20 some of them now around the country and it's right up there, one of my favorite places. I've been there two times now. And in addition to being up there for a week, I was there for a week by myself. There was a grieving process there because losing my grandfather was the first like significant human loss that I've had. And this would have been, yeah, four four years ago now. Um, kind of a simultaneous mission to that was, I also was debating these, these Yab values. We had what our seven were gonna be, the ones that we're talking about now. Um, But we were transitioning from our original five values to seven values. And then also coming up with these icons and these scriptures that go with them. And, um, and like, again, some of them were really easy. Like the hope star, that was one that translated pretty easily from the first one to the second one. Um, And a couple other ones, they kind of became very intuitive. Like, Oh yeah. Hope symbolized by a star or joy symbolized by an overflowing cup. Um, But this one on integrity, we were like, I'll just say I was like, I was like, I don't know how to visualize this. How do I visualize integrity? Like it could be really cheesy and it could just be like a shield or a sword or something. If we're going like full on Ephesians, armor of God type thing. Like we could do that. It didn't feel quite like what our community was. Like, I don't know. We're more of the outdoorsy, sensitive, sharing feelings. Like, I don't know. Armor of God feels a little much, feels a little like, it is scriptural. So I'm not going to say we're not part of scripture, but, um, but I don't know for our, for this value of integrity, it felt like there got to be something a little more appropriate. Um, and this verse from Proverbs, I think was the starting point for sure of just like feeling called to this path that we're called to live, um, not swerving to the right or to the left and really visualizing that path. And like, how can this path be the icon or be the symbol? Because you can't just have a path, like two lines, like that can't just be the icon. Like there's gotta be, something's on the path. What is on the path? And I really struggled what it looked like. Like I couldn't I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it in my head. Um, and so I kind of put that on the bookshelf f- for a while. And it really wasn't until I was at another national park This is why I go to national parks, you guys. I go to national parks to be, this is where the Lord speaks to me. He really does though, like for reals. I I was in Sequoia National Park in California a few years ago and it was so amazing, just like driving unexpectedly, pulling a finding a pull off, like, oh, there's a pretty view. So I pulled over um, and little did I know when I pulled over and I like stepped a couple steps to the ledge, You know, I saw the forests and the mountains and everything behind me. But then I looked in in my immediate foreground, um, right below me, there's probably like 50 yards of flat ground. And on across the 50 yards of flat ground, there was like dozens, if not hundreds of stacks of stones just like everywhere. Stacks of stones as far as the eye could see. And I was taken, I was like taken more back by that than like oh yeah mountains forests, like i've seen that i've already seen that already i'm like it's pretty and all but but seeing this i had never seen anything like that seeing like at least 100 or 200 of these cairns, these stacks of stones just some huge like huge big rock boulders and some like little tiny pebbles like all sizes all shapes all configurations and they're just scattered everywhere and it's so cool because like it had to start with one and then eventually someone just like like oh that's cool i'll make one and then i'll make one and then now it's like this thing where you go to sequoia national park and i'm sure they're still there to this day um all these stacks of stones just as far as you can see in this little in this little pull-off area um and when i saw that like i was already kind of chewing on what integrity would look like and what our icon for that would look like and to me that was just such a clear picture of um of this this path like what is on the path it's these stacks of stones kind of to serve as reminders, reminders of where we've been and reminders of where we're going. Um, and I love that. I mean, Pastor Will, you can probably speak to the the nature of like building altars in the Old Testament and just like um, how they served as remembrances of where the Lord provided or where the Lord did something. Uh, that's kind of the gist with integrity. It's like um, remembering where we've been, both in a positive sense and in a negative sense, like remembering like, okay, when we first started our website, there was kind of like no mention of Jesus in our about section, or like what did we believe about sexuality? Or what did we believe about anything? Like there was nothing on on our about page when we first started. Um, and I think we I think we recognize like we need to stand for something. Like it's it's not enough to just navigate willy nilly and not have any idea what we believe in. And, and we can certainly work out things and figure out things as we go, but. Um, you know, saying who Jesus is and why we're following him the way that we're following probably feels like a good marker to make. So um, so that, that one stands out to me when I think about job and integrity and um, defining what we believe and what we value. I think that's like a huge one for me. Um, but I always want to be known as a people, as a tribe, as a group um, that isn't afraid to admit when we messed up or when we didn't do something correctly, you know? And I think this goes back to humility. There's a relationship for me between the humility value and this integrity value um, about like owning up to our mistakes or our shortcomings, and then um, always striving, always striving to do better the next day, confess to one another, and um, and that's what's been so cool about our our community is just seeing a group of people that are um, hopefully at this point not entranced to think that we are a perfect community, but we are going to strive for integrity and always um, setting these markers on the path as we go to remember where we've been and where we're going. So that is a snapshot of integrity. Does that sound good to you guys? Anything you would add to, to what you think about integrity when you think about Yob?
3: I mean, I love that. And I love the the stones uh, idea because a song that I've always resonated with closely is um, the hymn, Come Thou Fount. And in it, one of the lines is, um, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. And I've actually just in my Bible reading plan, but going through first Samuel, which is where this is found. And it talks about uh, in first Samuel seven twelve. it says, "Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen. Uh, and he named it Eben- Ebenezer, which means stone of help saying thus far, the Lord has helped us. And I love kind of this, this um, coming together of like these little stone piles, Mark, what we've had happen in our lives, what we've done in our lives. And then also like in scripture, it's used as a remembrance of what God has done in our lives. And, um, you know, this ties kind of to vulnerability, uh, and stuff too. Cause I remember when I was thinking about, um, like my sexuality and the difficulty of, of walking this path forward and watching sometimes people that I really respected who had been, um holding to a traditional view of marriage and then they switched that and just feeling like sort of hopeless like what kept me strong was looking back on my life at where i'd been and where god had taken me and the goodness coming from that and then like these these stones so to speak metaphorical stones in our lives like gave me the strength to take another step forward so i think that's that's really important in integrity
2: Thank you for invoking the word Ebenezer. I love that word. (laughs) There's a popular Christian song now, I forget what it's called, but there is a popular Christian song out now that uses the word Ebenezer. Like every Ebenezer points to where I've come from or something like that. The super CCM Christian nerd people listening, you guys know the song I'm talking about.
1: I'm I'm anti Christian music, so I have no idea. Uh
2: (laughs) it's like Will you're hip with uh with all the latest Chris Tomlin song. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Worst pastor ever. (laughs) No, no, just a special one. No, I I really hearing that description, I found it interesting when I thought about the early days of the the podcast, because like uh, uh, when, whenever, uh, Jesus was talked about, wasn't talked about as much, but, um, was talked about, wasn't a vague sort of thing. Like it was like the, the beliefs of Yah didn't seem to be as cemented at that point. Um, and I find it to be a really, a really good development that like that, no, our, our beliefs, uh, Jesus are our guideposts. Like this is something that's pretty essential, uh, to Yob. So just even in the development of, of the podcast from the beginning to now, um, you, you see that, that, that change that, yeah, I think really defines the integrity of, of Yob.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, it's it's finding like the middle ground like I sort of mentioned earlier it's finding the middle ground giving people room to navigate it's in our tagline I say it every episode um so this navigation of like okay how how do we live out this life there's there's wiggle room and there's freedom as far as like whether people are single or married younger or older but but do we have this like solid guardrail I like how you put it but like the the boundaries of the path that we're walking like do we know that something is definitively on the outside of what we believe God has? called us to or convicted us of. And I think, um, you know, for people who are just discovering your other brothers, you may not have known that about our history or about our where we started from. But I think from the beginning, we really lean more into the navigation versus this integrity piece of deciding who we are. And I forgot to mention it, but yeah, integrity was not, spoiler alert, it was not one of our original five values. And I think it became similar to joy because we did joy a couple episodes ago. Joy wasn't there at the beginning either, but became this evident thing when I looked around at the retreat and saw all the giggles and all the laughter and all the just smiling faces and togetherness of being in one place in one time. Um, I think similarly the integrity piece coming along um, has become such an obvious one. Like, yeah, of course we have to know what we believe in. And, and we also um, in a spirit of humility, just will will course correct if we, if we need to. And I'm sure we continue to mess up things or I mess up things on the regular and Lord willing, we will, I will, I keep wanting to say we, I'm going to just start saying I for my role in this. Um, but hopefully I will own up to mistakes and, um, and whatever, yeah, whatever needs to be corrected or altered or tweaked as we go. Um, we continue to do that as we grow bigger and bigger. Um, and that's that's always the hope. Something else I wanted to say about integrity that I guess ties into vulnerability a little bit, but I just am constantly inspired by our community because nobody's telling them to be vulnerable. Nobody's telling them to own up to their mistakes. Um, and yet this happens constantly on the, on the prayer channel, on our Discord, um, or people on Zoom calls, just being so vulnerable and so real about things that they're struggling with or ways that they messed up or sinned. Um, and I love the, the integrity piece that's embedded there and vulnerability, kind of like you were saying, uh, Aaron, just, uh, the relationship between all of these values, you could, you could see how they're all connected in some way, shape or form. And, um, I just want to give a shout out to our community because I think our community has, has a lot of integrity. Like I love it when, um, we have this prayer channel and certainly beyond the prayer channel, just ways that we're able to support one another when, when we fall short and, um, the key there is the the climbing back up. And that's something that I think our community does a great job of encouraging one another to do is not just uh not just the confessing when we fall down, but then the the exhortation to climb again. And so um I don't know. I just heart I heart yob you guys and I'm excited to to talk about this this value further in our lives.
1: And and I also think that integrity is built within the um the Christian LGBTQ SSA, uh, whatever the label is, experience uh, because there's this like it's very stressful and anxiety-inducing when when people have to like like when they notice the inconsistencies between their private and outer life, and people who are attracted to the same sex often live within that uncomfortable inconsistency for a while where the wider world doesn't know about the the attractions that they have and it's a very uncomfortable setting so we we kind of like thrive within spaces of integrity because we're, we're trying to escape that uh lack of integrity um and that I think that's really a gift that, uh, we could be helping the wider church out of like, no, integrity is a really good thing and it's where people thrive. So like, it's, so I don't even, I don't think it's something that just, yeah, I don't just think it's something that we're good at, but I think it's like kind of ingrained with, uh, who we are.
2: That's so well said. Yeah, I, I agree. And I saw Aaron agreeing as well. I think, um, yeah, I think we have such a gift to offer the church, and our, our integrity, our authenticity, our desire for for those things. Um, and so, I hope I um, hope this conversation that we have is a blessing to, to those listening. That um, like maybe it's a good good opportunity for self affirmation. Like, yeah, I do have integrity. Dang it! Like, I'm gonna own it, and I'm gonna be a gift to the church because I have integrity. Unlike those straight people, no, <laughs> I don't want to hate on the straight people. We love our straight people. They have integrity too, but I do think you're hitting something there. I think it comes maybe a little more naturally to us by and large. I think I get what you're saying there.
3: I, I do feel like it's a little bit of a forced issue for us. Yeah. Like to me, integrity in its purest form is aligning your actions with your beliefs. And you can't, I mean... It's a big issue. Like, this is a big everyday issue that we're facing where we struggle to figure out how do we align our actions with what we're believing. And practice makes perfect, right? I mean, in some ways, just having to face it makes us better at integrity. But it also came up in an area where we didn't really have a choice but to make a decision. We either had to decide, I'm going to be side A or, you know, go, I feel it's fine to be in a same-sex relationship. Or if you don't, then um, you have to kind of lean into that as well.
2: Yes, I have some Yabber feedback to read. And I'm excited to hear what the yobbers had to say. Thank you, yobbers, for commenting. So I asked the yobbers these three questions, which I'd love to explore with you guys as well. The first question I asked them was, what does it mean to live in integrity as a man with same-sex attractions? How do you or don't you live in integrity? So chew on that one. Uh, The second question I asked was, what's more difficult, living in integrity with other people, living in integrity with God, or living in integrity with yourself? Why is this? And then the third question, where can you look back on your journey with faith and sexuality and see a line in the sand or a stack of stones, if you will, pointing to God's provision in the face of temptation and or your new commitment of a boundary that swerves to the right or to the left to invoke our passage from Proverbs. So there's the front loaded discussion questions for you guys um, and to our listeners at home for that matter. Let's include you in this as well. Um, so let's start with that first one. What's, uh, what does it mean to live in integrity? Um, as a gay person, queer person, SSA person, side B person, I love, Will, I, I always see it on your face, like the anxiety where you're trying to make sure you say every label. I know there's so many, it's hard to include everybody, but hopefully everybody has felt heard or seen at some point, <laughs> everyone listening. Um, so yeah, what does it mean? We started to talk about that a little bit. I think this battle between the internal and the external and being consistent with with both, I think there's, there's a lot there. Let me read what one of our yobbers had to say. Uh, He said this, the life I choose to lead as a side B gay Christian is one where I don't set my own standard, but live according to the higher standard set for me by the word of God. While that standard says something about my, my morality, that I will abstain from any sexual expression outside of heterosexual marriage, it says something even far more important. It tells me how I am to love. That means laying down my life, including my rights and my desires for others as Christ laid down his life for me. It means not judging others or gossiping about others, but instead treating fellow human beings with compassion and respect. And it means being true to my word, keeping confidences and setting appropriate boundaries. My hope is that loving others according to this Christ-like standard makes me a safe person, an approachable person, a person others can trust. In other words, a man of integrity. By God's grace, that's what I hope and pray for. I love that. The part about his word, like that's another piece of integrity that I've really come to value over the years is that when someone says, yes, I'm going to do something or no, I'm not going to do something and like following through on that, like that to me is so can I say that that's so sexy to me that is so attractive to me. (laughs) This is just turning into a Tom. What is Tom attracted okay. to?
3: W- one way to describe <laughs> it, sure.
2: A man of integrity. Someone who just makes their yes be yes, their no be no. Like, I just love the dependability of the, it's just like mm. so refreshing, you know? No people pleasing. Just do what you say you're going to do. Absolutely. I,
1: I didn't realize that this would uh, turn into a conversation of the type of guys we like, but that's uh
2: <laughs> What's a man of integrity that you are int- attracted to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know there's something really attractive about it. and and someone just full of integrity i just, I just gotta say it not in necess- i use sexy kind of in a in a sarcastic way but but you know there's something very attractive about that because it's i think it's attractive because it's like kind of rare it's, it's rare to find somebody who isn't just like people pleasing or manipulative or needy or you know it's just like someone who says they're going to do what they're going to do and follows through on it. their word is good um there's just something beautiful about that I want to be that too.
1: Does that mean you struggle every time I say I'm going to write a blog and I never do? Is that, is, does that That's cause right.
2: a- <laughs> I hope this is convicting for you, Will Cooper. I hope you are feeling like, am I living in integrity right now?
1: to be fair (laughs) just be
2: honest tell him i don't think you've ever i don't think you've ever said i'm gonna write this blog by tomorrow or next month or you never really give me a specific that
1: is that is very true because if i do give you a specific date i would follow through which is why i don't give you a specific date
3: Uh, (laughs) as long as it gets written before he's dead then he's fulfilled his word (laughs) and is living in integrity
1: yeah exactly Mm. but uh, on a more serious note with with that like yeah what does it what does integrity look like for a gay person Um, or uh, um, uh, I'm not even going to bother trying to say all the labels. So you you know what I mean? Um, Because like part of, I really struggled before I came out uh, because like um, I was a pastor before I came out. So I came out as I was a pastor of a, of a church. And I'm like, am I somebody who isn't of integrity because I'm not out? Like I really struggled immensely with that. And I remember one, uh, uh, good friend and professor telling me that, uh, integrity is not exactly the same as authenticity. We, we tend to overlap those, uh, things like integrity doesn't mean, uh, being open about every aspect of your life all the time. Like, uh, Um, authenticity kind of has this sort of identity factor within our culture where we uh, um, have to be open about ourselves to kind of like show who we are. And um, integrity is a bit different. It's more about the consistency between your uh, public and private life. And so, so because even though I wasn't out to my church, the beliefs I was saying publicly were the beliefs, same beliefs in my private life. I just wasn't open about all of those details. So I think for somebody who isn't out, you can definitely live a life of integrity still. Like um, I don't think people have to be in that spot where like, oh, to be a person of integrity, I have to come out to everybody. And I'm just not there yet. I don't think that's the case at all. I love that. I think that's an excellent point.
3: And that those two things can get conflated probably too much. And that doesn't mean God won't call some of us to come out. But I think that it's not a requirement for integrity. And to me, integrity is a lot more about the internal um, kind of figuring out, you know, what do I feel I need to do to live according to my conscience or according to what God is calling me to do or You know, according to what I think, you know, embodies loving my neighbor, you know, not stealing from them, not um, taking their stuff for or abusing them in some way in order for my own personal gain to come out. And it doesn't have to be a loud thing. You know, you don't need anyone to know you acted with integrity to be a person of integrity. And that's maybe a little bit unique from like vulnerability or some of these other things where they're inherently other oriented. Like it, it, to be vulnerable is yeah to be vulnerable to yourself and God, but also to be vulnerable with others. Whereas integrity, nobody has to know for it to be happening.
2: I love the the focus on the internal as we're as we're talking about it. And um, a former therapist that I had, he he's the same one for those that are keeping track with the stories that I tell and the episodes. Um, he was the one. I think it was on the joy episode that I talked about, like. He just asked me, what am I doing for fun lately? And I thought that was the most stupid question, like has nothing to do with the things I'm struggling with. Um, So same therapist, he was like, um, he always had this thing about, are you living in integrity? Are you feeling integrated across all the areas of your life? I love, so when I, whenever I think about integrity, I think about that word integrated or integration. And like, is my spirit aligned with my body? Is my body doing the things that my spirit wants me to do? Or my mind, is? am I following through with my actions, my, my, my words, um, the things that are in my mind or the things that are in my heart? Like, are we in alignment or are we out of alignment? And that's kind of how I think about integrity um is like where where are we firing on the right cylinders and where are we not like agreeing to the things that we say we're going to agree to um and so that's where conviction comes in the holy spirit and that's where we have to then wrestle with uh getting back into alignment but i think i think those are good i always i always equate therapy to like a consistent oil change like finding things that aren't firing correctly and like let's get those if not getting those back into alignment right away, like let's at least explore why they're not in alignment, and let's let's like pay attention to it instead of doing what most of us choose to do with our vehicles, which is ignore it and hope that it just resolves itself.
3: I'm <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> just hoping and praying, yeah. It'll
2: it'll it'll those 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 uh, cylinders or those fire. I know nothing about cars, as you can tell. Those things will align. Those pistons, those those oil things, those they'll all be. <laughs> If I just trust and pray, you know,
1: I'm, I'm making a guess about our audience, but I'm guessing our audience knows way more about the ins and outs of therapy than oil changes. Uh, <laughs> I, think I so, just yeah. have that feeling. Huh?
2: Shout out, shout out to the 2% of you who are car people. They, they know, they know how to do an oil change, right? They know their cars, but probably not the vast majority of us, I would say. Yeah. Um, right. Well, yeah. Are you integrated? That's a good one.
3: Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, having community is important in that like, it's not to say vulnerability doesn't help your integrity, Mm. or being out doesn't help your integrity. Because having people who know what you believe and who are, you know, there with you as you're living through life, they're going to see sometimes when your actions don't align with what you say Mm -hmm. you believe.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because it also depends on the personality, too. Like, for me, I'm somebody who cannot keep a secret about my own life. I'm just I, I get so anxious about it, I fall apart. And so like, so a part of like healthy integrity for me was coming out. But it wasn't like it didn't make me a person of integrity by coming out, like um if that makes sense. It's just like knowing my own personality, I just function best when I just don't have any secrets and uh um people not everybody knows everything about my life, but uh at least one person know like I don't have any secrets hidden from from anybody. So whether it's just one person that knows those secrets or whatnot, but yeah.
2: Will has nothing to hide, everybody, except his real name.
1: <laughs> that that is, I, it still makes me laugh. I'm like, why do why do I use a fake name? Because I don't need to. But I oh don't know. There there's so little security there. I I don't know what That's that right.
2: is. And that wasn't that wasn't meant to be shame inducing because you are free to use whatever name. You can go by Hagrid if you want.
1: Ooh. Actually, Hagrid was a nickname of mine for many years uh, because I look like I him. I believe it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
2: That's great. I appreciated uh, this comment from a Mary Diabber. So thank you, Mary Diabbers. We love hearing from you. Um, Here's what this Yabra had to say about living in integrity. Talking honestly about integrity feels so exposing, like a physical exam when the doctor tells me to pull my pants down. It hits me that vulnerability and integrity are quite related. For me, to live with integrity as a side B married man means to not engage in lust with any person and to only engage in sexual activity with my wife. It also means to honestly admit and accept the reality of my same-sex attraction, mostly gay orientation. To be fully integrated in this manner, I would take it a step further and say to live in integrity as a side B married man is to embrace, embody, and love my sexual relationship with my wife as a God-honoring reflection of Jesus' love for his people, while also embracing and loving my sexual orientation to men as a part of me that God loves and does not hate or shun. All of this is far easier said than done for me, or at least done with consistency. I live in integrity and in that my wife has been my only sexual partner in over 17 years of marriage. Avoiding lust and porn has been sadly hit and miss, After many years of sobriety from porn and masturbation, I re-entered the masturbation fantasy game in 2017 and have been struggling since, with recent years seeing the homosexual fantasy part worsen and even a few occasions of returning to porn after years of technical abstinence. This does not feel like integrity at all to me. Progress feels slow, sometimes with 10 fails for every one win. What does feel like integrity, even in my failures, is that I have consistently been honest about my struggles and failings with a small core of close friends Encourage me toward my truest values and beliefs while loving me unconditionally and not judging me. You see what I mean, you guys, about people just being awesome in our community and just uh, owning up to where they fall short. And um and I love that image of like falling 10 times to get up once. Like that is a win. Falling 10 times for every one win. Like um, there is a verse in Proverbs somewhere about that that speaks to that nature of getting up one more time um and not just living in your failure living in your falling down that's um, i was just super encouraged super blessed by that comment so so thank you thank you yabra out there
1: i love that you you read that comment because of the situation of uh, people within mixed orientation marriages because personally i don't recognize it enough and i should uh, because the um those situations are incredibly difficult simply because of the systems in our society that make it really difficult because uh, um, when i interact with uh, my uh, more uh, progressive affirming christian friends uh, they assume that mixed orientation marriages really don't exist uh, or they're very rare Um, And of course, this is anecdotal experience, but like a a large chunk of my LGBTQ friends are in mixed orientation marriages. And so when you're in a society that pretends like you don't exist, it makes it very difficult to be people of integrity. So it's not it's not just like you're (laughs) you're trying to be consistent in your own life. It's consistent in a society that just um minimizes the the issues that that you're dealing with. And that's just really difficult to difficult to do. So there's that dimension that we should just be aware of that our culture just makes these things harder. Not impossible, but just harder.
2: Yeah, and I always we actually have a good number of people that are in mixed orientation marriages who comment and who provide feedback and I'm really grateful for that because other than I'm looking at our podcast crew right now, other than Ben Like there's no other married person that comes on this show on a regular basis. So I'm grateful for Ben. Shout out to him who provides a married perspective uh, that we need in this community. Um, But thank you to the Yobbers who comment and share as well. Um, Living in integrity with other people, with the Lord, with myself, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to predict which the most popular answer is in our community, and it, I think it goes with this Yabber's feedback. So let's read his feedback, and then I'll share my thoughts. Um, he said this, to me, living in integrity with other people is the hardest. God knows me intimately and has enabled me to know myself well, too. Through his gentle prompting, I have discovered who I am. Everything from the good gifts and talents God has created in me to my sins and weaknesses that are part of my human fallenness. Amongst all of that looms the fact that I am gay. God knows that, and I know that, and together we are exploring what it means for me to walk with him in integrity as a gay man. But revealing that to the world around me is a different story. There are so many, including some who are very dear to me who I don't think would understand. So I remain in the closet." And it doesn't feel like integrity to be my real self, only in the closet and a slightly different version of myself outside the closet. But I take heart in the fact that God knows and understands, sees who I really am and yet still loves me and is constantly teaching me what it means to be who he created me to be. And I appreciate the honesty in that comment too, because we have a wide range of people in our community who are very open and very out. And then others who are not open at all, or very selectively open. And so um, I know we have, every type of person listening right now and, and represented in our community across the spectrum there. And and we've already started talking about it, that just living in integrity doesn't mean that you s- go out on the mountaintop. Um, we have someone in our community who will always use this metaphor. It's like, he's not about to put on a rainbow speedo and go on top of his, the roof of his house and shout, <laughs> shout proclaim his sexuality to the city. Um, so that is not what's That's required what I do. <laughs> Every morning, Will s- starts his day in, in the frozen tundra. It must be cold when you're just in your Speedo in the frozen tundra. Hey, that's tundra. how
1: Canadians do it.
2: <laughs> you get used to it after, after a while, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so anyway, living in integrity with other people doesn't mean that you have to come out to everybody. But but I think there is a tension there if that's something where you start to feel like, oh, people don't really see this part of me. Um, I just, I'll just i speak for myself as somebody who is completely out and completely open. Like That is definitely the hardest for me um, is being in integrity with other people about being real about my shortcomings and being real about what I'm struggling with because I think I think this goes with leadership too. Will maybe you resonate? Aaron, you can't resonate because you're not a leader in any. No, you you're a leader too. Actually, you like lead a, a company now. Um, I own a business. You Come own a business. Now, yeah, you such you. I've seen you grow up before my eyes. I still think of you as little innocent Aaron. You still have a very youthful face though. So there's that. Um, I do. Thank you. Yeah. Very youthful. Um, no, we all, we all have leadership in various capacities. I know specifically in Yab, though, I feel that of like, oh gosh, I'm not allowed to struggle with anything. I have to just be perfect or I have to be this role model or I have to be this person that people look up to. And, um, and I struggle with that. I struggle with uh, living in integrity with other people within Yab, but then, you know, in my life outside of Yab as well, I find that, of the three arenas to be in integrity. I think that that's definitely the one that stands out the most because I feel like if you go to therapy every week like I do, like it's kind of hard to just completely blind yourself to things. Like I think you come face to face with things at some point in your life if you're going to therapy or if you're journaling or if you do as much writing as I do. Like I'm I'm just a naturally introspective person always thinking about myself, so I think that one probably comes the easiest to me about knowing what I believe or knowing that I'm not in alignment or I'm not in integrated with what I believe and what I'm doing. Um, and sort of off of that, it's not the same, but sort of off of that is being in integrity with God. Cause I, um, I don't know. I just like to think that there's something for some reason it's easier and a lot of people are different. Maybe you guys are different, but, um, but yeah, it's easier for me to be in integrity with God than it is with other people. I guess I've, I've never struggled with God being like, a dictator or an authoritarian like person judging me um but um for whatever reason i've ascribed that to his people and the church and and so it's easier to just like yeah not confess to the church or not be not be living in integrity with the church um compared to my relationship with god it's not perfect of course i have a flawed relationship with god sometimes but um but i know with other people it's hard it's hard to be accountable it's hard to be real sometimes
3: what I like about talking about these things is it forces me to reflect back many, many years and think about like, how has this changed for me over time? And the beauty of being a Christian and sanctification, I think, is we see a slow, steady movement towards obedience, towards integrity, towards, you know, um, being more like Christ. And it doesn't happen in a straight line without slip ups along the way. like. I appreciate that comment from the, um, our married Yauber, who is like, I, you know, 2017, all of a sudden it became an issue again after years of it going well. And I think what I've learned is we still can rejoice over the periods that we did really well and rejoice that the periods we haven't done as well were shorter or, um, maybe less all out into our sin. I think for integrity, I... I'm not sure which i struggle with the most I, you know as i've thought about it i guess you know having integrity to others to me when i think about that i guess what came to mind first was not my sexuality but working for with people like with their money because people care a lot about their money obviously it's important to them it's important to me and there's also a lot of um you know there's a lot of legal things that are in there that require that I do my job with integrity. You know, if I don't, I can end up in prison. Um, and so it's really like, I'm always thinking about what's going to be best for my client, what's going to be best for them and not what's going to be best for myself. And that's, that's my job really for these people. And I think that sort of overflowed into other areas of my life, spiritually and otherwise, um, and I guess I don't know. Yeah. Like from the perspective of, do I tell everybody in my life, everything, I guess I certainly struggle with like living in integrity in from the perspective of there's a lot of people I'm not going to tell the force full story to, because like we've mentioned, and, and some of our commenters have mentioned, like there are, there are parts of the church that will not see past a label I use or, um, the orientation I have. Um, they will not see past that to the parts where I feel like I'm doing a good job, you know, like I'm, I'm abstaining from sex, I'm abstaining from a same sex relationship from marriage, um, things that I, I find very difficult at times and feel proud of, like they don't necessarily see. Um, but I think I've struggled more maybe with integrity with myself, because I don't want to let people down. Um, I don't want to let God down. And I also haven't necessarily seen him as a dictator, kind of like you said, Tom. So I haven't felt this undue pressure to always be perfect, but for myself, like if I sit there and go, who is this hurting? Besides me, I find it's very easy for me to just sort of decide. It's not worth my trouble today to not look at porn not masturbate or not, um, do a million other things that have nothing to do with sex or sexuality. And it may not work out, not you know whatever, and that's that's difficult because there isn't necessarily the same accountability watching me in that.
2: Yeah, thanks for sharing.
1: I think for me, it's uh, throughout most of my middle school, high school, and early university years, uh, integrity with me and God was not healthy because I believed that God hated me through the time and so it's uh it's um because of my orientation so when when that's a, a sort of core belief I think it's hard to have integrity um and so but currently uh I I think it's in a really a really good and healthy spot it's it's uh um like a a lot of a lot of healthy, changes and developments uh, have uh, happened there um with with other people i actually don't struggle with that so much either um like i'm not vulnerable about every aspect but generally uh, with people um uh, what they see is what they get like uh like it's on sunday mornings to like my day-to-day life uh I'm not really different. Even the clothing I wear is exactly the same. Uh, it's like, I, I yeah, I, I try to be very consistent with that. But with myself, I really struggle with that. And I wonder if it comes in the uh, um, the Enneagram five territory, I guess, uh, because I'm constantly in stages of doubt um, and uh, not so much of like, doubting god but like questioning my beliefs non-stop and i think that um i struggle that does cause tension with integrity because i'm constantly questioning and researching and just trying to figure out where i'm at with things and that's just uh that's always been my life so i guess a part of it is like uh, like that's just a part of my personality, and I just continue to to work with it. But that's probably where I struggle with with the most. Um, but part of me doesn't want to stop the constant questioning either. I do like that aspect of my life. So it's yeah.
2: <laughs> I wonder if our nuts and seeds listener, I wonder if he resonates with that was with what was just said. Shout out to you, nuts and seeds listener, once again giving you a shout out. We love our fives. Yeah, that is such a five ish. Five-ish answer. Such a five. Um, thank you for being honest though, because you've you've talked about your growing up kind of in an ex-gay environment and therapies and organizations out there. And so um so I appreciate your perspective to this conversation as well. Well, as somebody as as no doubt a bunch of our listeners also would resonate with um that integrity with with God aspect. Um, One other feedback from that question, someone said this about integrity with others. Integrity, living in integrity with others is most difficult for me. My default imprint is to please others and make them happy, which does not promote a lot of honesty or integrity within me. I have more integrity with others than I used to, but I'm still a far cry from being able to regularly be on the outside who I am on the inside with most people. I still wrestle with a strong pull to present what I think people want to see, even if it's not entirely true. It's so difficult because I still have a lot of fear around being judged and rejected that stems from family of origin and sadly church experiences. Yeah. And so I appreciate the vulnerability and all these answers. I can resonate strongly with the the whole people pleasing point. It goes back to why I find um, a man of integrity, a man whose word, whose whose word is good, so attractive because that's what I want to become. I think I think I've made a lot of strides in that area, um, but I think there is an absolute natural tendency in me to people please and say yes to everything, regardless of whether it crosses boundaries or whether I'm emotionally capable of providing or giving or whatever whatever is being asked of me. And so, um, so I can resonate with that. And I know I know people pleasing is a big uh, component in this community as well. I know there are lots of people who struggle with that. And so, um, so just know that you're not alone in the people pleasing department. Last question that I wanted to cover today, um, is just looking back, being able to look back on our journeys with faith and sexuality and like noticing anywhere, any moment along the way that you feel like God spoke or God moved, um, an experience that you have, or someone that you met or a book that you read maybe, or, um, trying to speak Will's Will's language here. Um, or yeah, anything, just anything that comes up over the last however many years um, that really proved to be a pivotal point in your journey that kind of reinforced something, something in your belief system or something in this journey that you're walking. So, so y'all chew on that as I read um, our last yabber comment. He said this about that. Several years ago, a close friend and I were very much on a parallel journey. Both of us were married to women, both of us worked in ministry positions, and both of us identified as gay. When my friend decided to leave his wife and pursue a same-sex relationship, it was a turning point for me. I realized that wasn't what I wanted, and I realized it wasn't what God wanted for me either. Where I had kind of been on the fence about this whole coming out as gay thing meant for me, I knew in that moment what was what the right choice was, remain committed to my wife and remain committed to what I believe God has revealed in scripture. It hasn't always been easy, but it's been good. And I've never regretted that choice. And that's so beautiful, you know, I'm not married. I'm not, don't think I'll ever have that experience. Who knows, you know, Lord can do some crazy things. He's done a lot of crazy things. Um, But I've had that experience of friends walking away from this belief system, this, this path, this side, whatever you're gonna call it, side B, gay, queer, LGBTQ journey that we're all walking. Um, I've had friends walk away and I've had friends, you know, start dating other men and start to pursue that and having a very similar reaction. Like on the one hand, there's a sadness and there's a jealousy or there's a, you know, it's not all just like peaches and cream, but, but at the same time, there's a sense of, you know what, I, I don't want that. And especially with Yob as kind of this community foundation in my life now, um, the friendships, the rapport, the accountability, the Um, the zoom calls, the retreats, the discord postings, like all of the, all the fun and all the connection that we have with one another, like, um, like God has provided in a very definitive way in my life with this community and has made it, um, again, not a 100% slam dunk, easy decision, but it's made it, um, so much more doable, I would say. And I just feel so blessed that there are all of these men around me, um, walking this road with me and, um. And just kind of being able to recognize that, like, I think I know that this is what God wants of me. And I think it's what I want too. like most days. I feel like this is, this is the life God has for me and I'm ready to lean into it, ready to follow. And, um, and I think I can, I can identify from the single side of that story. I can resonate with a lot of, uh, a lot of what he was sharing about this friend that decided to leave his wife and pursue a same-sex relationship. So, um, so thank you for sharing that dear yabber. What about you guys, Aaron and Will? Any markers, any stacks of stones, any Karens? Any Karens that you want to thank?
1: I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
2: <laughs> I know, I don't want to
3: always jump on it, but, but yeah, so if you'd like the time, you you take some time. I'm sure I'll I'll do a little mini sermon here. Um, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, a lot of different events in my life come to mind, really. like I, But I think of the verse, like, Blessed is a man who like finds refuge in the Lord, who has tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And the other verse that comes to mind with that is, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And I just think about how, like, God comes across to many people as this really demanding tyrant or this sort of wrathful, vengeful God. And you know, He shows some of that um, at times as He deals with people in the Old Testament, but. You know, it's God's goodness that keeps me on this path of integrity. It's the way that he has proven himself as I've put my trust in him. And that's something that I think you brought up, Tom, is you decided to continue to walk down this road. And in due course, you found God provided community and love and support and purpose. And that's, that's a lot of times what we're battling when we're thinking about whether to make a decision of integrity or to do what we want a lot of times integrity doesn't align with what we're wanting in a moment. But I found like I have seen God at different times in my life promise me that, you know, if I would listen to him in obedience and come out to the people around me, that was something God called me to do, um, that like I I would survive that and it would be a fruitful thing. And I found on the other side of that, even though it was difficult and it took a lot of trust and time, that was true. God was good to me in that. And I found remaining on this path of celibacy has been good and fruitful. And I've got, um, a life that I enjoy and like, and, you know, in a lot of ways, enjoy more than I would enjoy parts of married life. You know, it's a pro and a con in either, either path. Um, and for some people, I think they have trouble because they don't necessarily feel like they've ever seen God's goodness, but they've never, they've never walked forward and put their trust in god long enough to see the long-term fruit grow they've always gone after the quick and easy and that doesn't mean you know they're not good people or or you know that's that's something we always face constantly um but i think about it in the business world like one of the projects that i had to do in the accounting and in my accounting class was um write a report on an incidence of fraud that happened uh, in an accounting firm and you know and then incorporate like some scripture into that as a christian school we wanted to think about well how does god dictate what should have happened in this case and what i found is most cases of fraud there is a perpetrator who is knowingly doing wrong uh, but there are lots of people getting caught up in the fraud that don't really want to be doing anything wrong or hurting people but they are feeling like their hand is forced they're, they're not choosing whether to be good or bad in a moment. They're choosing, do I do the right thing and lose my job and get blacklisted from getting another job at these other companies? Or do I just look the other way and not do anything? All I have to do is nothing and let this happen. And you know, we have to be ready to think about ahead of time, what, what are we willing to do in the moment? Because a lot of times these tough decisions happen quickly and we don't have time to think about it fully, and we just—that's—that's that's where I think it's so important to look back on these things and think about what has God done in the past. Where have I been in the past? Am I living as a person of integrity? Because if you have a habit of not living as a person in integrity, you're not—you don't have good odds of choosing the path of integrity in a tough situation. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of tenacity, really, um, in order to prepare yourself for. For some things that, that are more difficult and are less trivial than just sort of the day-to-day decisions of integrity.
2: Yeah. When those moments come up, like that's when your integrity shows when those, when the path, all of a sudden you're, you're going down your path and all of a sudden there's the metaphorical fork in the road and it just hits you out of nowhere. How are you going to respond? It's not like it's the foundation you've been building and the the path you've been walking on. That's going to help dictate whether you continue on that path or if you take the deviation um i think there's a lot that goes into that with care building character building a strong reputation um to where hopefully it becomes second nature that that's that's always the goal is that becoming more like christ is more and more of a second nature thing the more we the more we walk this road the more we follow this path
3: yeah and we build up that relationship with christ where we now can sit there and look back on those stones and say like that was tough. That was difficult. And God got me through that and was good to me in that, that season.
2: I love those perspective moments. Yeah. All right. Well, Cooper, you've had enough time to think what's made you the man of integrity that you are.
1: <laughs> a, a turning point for me was uh Soren Kierkegaard. <laughs> He's my favorite philosopher easily and Christian theologian and, and whatnot. Um, but I remember reading him in university where I was at a very intense point of wrestling with my faith. And uh, Kierkegaard tells a parable or sort of retelling of um, King David and Solomon. Um, this is extra biblical uh uh, stuff like he's not like actually interpreting a passage, but he he retells the story of like um, Solomon was visiting his dad one day, and he was uh, walking by uh, King David at night because he heard him awake, and he heard uh, his dad talk about the. Uh, praying to God about the guilt he felt for uh uh the um, Bathsheba and the killing of her husband and and then Solomon uh, um, is just like uh, yeah, a result of 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 those uh, actions. And uh Solomon left that scenario, just feeling horribly guilty. And so all of his relationship with God was, was driven by guilt uh, his his entire time. So even though he was somebody of great wisdom, it was driven by guilt. Even though he was a leader of a wonderful kingdom, everything was driven by guilt. But King David, on the other hand, what wasn't actually praying out of guilt, but praying out of love and pure devotion. It wasn't Uh, It wasn't guilt for him, but he uh, saw a comfort uh, within God. And it was that parable that kind of or that retelling that Kierkegaard had that kind of opened things up uh, for me is like, why am I side B? Am I a side B person out of this sort of guilt or fear of being uh, punished by God or being rejected by my family? Like, is am, Did I make this choice out of fear? Or is this uh, uh, choice to be side B out of a, a pure devotion, out of a love for God and love for the, the community around me? And I I think integrity is really rooted with devotion out of love and not devotion out of guilt. And so it's just, yeah, I was digging into those ideas I think was really just a turning point for, for myself and the journey that I've gone on.
2: What do you believe? At some point on this journey, likely many points over many years, We have to answer that question, have to come to terms with who we are and where we're going. This can't be a passive decision that resolves itself. It is quite active, intentional, and definitive. So definitive that it's likely other people may be turned off by whatever you decide, whatever you believe. Your line in the sand will look to some like jagged teeth. Jagged teeth that used to bring you together like a zipper, but now separates you, repels you from people walking a different path. I faced such a crossroads some years ago and it remains the tallest stack of stones I have ever constructed across three and a half decades now. A stack of stones, not just for me, not just for my life, my living situation, my relationships, my spiritual health, but I'm convinced the life, the heartbeat, the spiritual health of this community, your other brothers. What do I believe? I believe Jesus is who he said he was. I believe he has my best interests in mind. I believe he has plans for me that my life isn't random, that my sacrifice isn't in vain. I believe our life and our sacrifice isn't in vain either. I believe Jesus is who he said he was, and because I believe that, I want to follow him, follow him to the best of my abilities, despite the constant tripping up. I want to follow him with my sexuality, certainly, but I want to follow him with my everything. If this is what I want, if this is what I say, then I must be convicted when my actions do not line up with my intentions. It doesn't necessarily make me a hypocrite only if I do nothing about it. If I pretend I'm still walking this path when in reality I'm far into the wilderness. I want to be so integrated with my intentions and my actions. want the Venn diagram of those two things to be not two circles, but one. One complete circle. Knowing that even when I'm out of alignment, there's always grace and there's the call to get back up, continue onward, and chase that whole circle. I've taken comfort over the years that even though people have separated from me, that I've separated from people, all because of the things I've chosen to believe in. Same thing, to an exponential degree, happened with Jesus himself. In John 6, he is with a bunch of his disciples, more than just the 12 that we know by name. He starts talking about being the bread of life but not like Israelites wandering in the desert. No, this is a different bread of life. He talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And in verse 52 of John 6, the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Verse 53 onward continues the story as Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever." As the story continues, only a few verses later, you can sense the palpable tension in between the lines of text, you can see the people looking at one another, brows furrowed, and the energy both expanding and deflating simultaneously. In verse 60, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? And what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. And then in verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turned back, and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. and We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so, fellow sparrows, let us determine this day what we believe and where we will go, deciding in our hearts, our minds, our spirits who this Jesus is. And if he is indeed the Savior, the Messiah, the coming King, our God, our brother, all rolled into one, then let us abandon all other paths. Let us climb back to this path, this path of following him, clearing our distractions, determining our convictions and bending down here now to pick up a stone, to place it on top of another, to build this Ebenezer a monument of where we've been, where we are now, and the direction we're going. And may these stones ultimately point to who Jesus is as we complete this stack at our feet. Before we step forward, let us step back, survey the land, and notice all the other stacks to our left and right, ahead of us, all the other altars in our midst, Planted there by spiritual siblings, past and present, here with us, charting this same course, this same following of the Savior. And as we drift, as we stumble, because we will, may our siblings on this journey be there to help us up. May we help them up too, consecrating this path anew, blazing this trail before us, integrated and true.
1: I, I feel like every podcast episode I've been on, I've mentioned a uh, Kierkegaard. So I, I guess it's something that I need to continue.
2: That's so hashtag Will Cooper of you. Um, no, thank you for the Kierkegaard reference. And thank you for sharing your stories. You guys, this has been awesome getting to talk about integrity. Um, this was really good. This was a fun conversation. I was looking forward to this one as one of our newer values. Uh, it was fun to, to unspool it and, uh, Destack the stones before we restack the stones. Now this episode can forever serve as a marker of where we've been with integrity. because uh, we used to not have it. Now we do. Now we got integrity, you guys. Uh, I'd love to hear where our listeners have integrity. Please, if you have any integrity thoughts, go to yartherbrothers.com slash podcast, find the episode 105 post on integrity, and tell us, tell us where do you struggle with integrity if you do. If you struggle, I'm not assuming you do. Um, tell us where you struggle with integrity uh, or what that word even means to you. What does that word mean to you in your Christian walk or in your sexuality, um, with God, with other people, with yourself, uh, would love to hear what stories, what thoughts come up, share them, we'd love to hear. If you wanna call the Yob line, you can do that as well. Just make sure you drive safely if you're calling from the road or pull over in a Walmart parking lot and talk to us. Talk to us about things. Um, we'd love love your feedback. And thank you to Cairns for sponsoring this episode. You guys, I have pictures of the Cairns. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put a picture of, of the Cairns at Sequoia in the podcast episode post for anyone who wants to see what I saw. Ooh,
3: please do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see.
2: <laughs> let me let you see what I saw at uh, at the national park that day. Yeah, it was honestly, it was such a cool visual that I firmly believe was from straight from the Lord. He was like, I have an appointment for you at this pull off in the national park to see this visual for what integrity is symbolized by. And I've, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for it. Again, this is why I go to national parks. It's because the Lord's telling me to, I'm sorry, y'all, I have to follow the Lord's leading. I have to go to every national park that there is, multiple times ideally. I'm going to a few in Alaska later this year, and I'm so excited. The Lord's going to speak to me in Alaska. Well, Cooper, you should come. It's right next door. Oh, uh, you know,
1: I, I wish I could. I do have a quick side story, if it's okay about yeah. Tom and the national parks. Oh please,
2: um, yeah. What's I don't even know what this is. What is it?
1: So when you when uh, we did that epic road trip and you Uh visited me and we went to Lake Louise, uh, you you said that every time you go to Lake Louise, you always try
2: to step in the lake itself. Right. All two times. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every time. But if I go a third time, I'll do it again.
1: So I, I, I remember taking a picture of you in Lake Louise, and it's so I've actually, every time since then, when the lake isn't frozen, I've been stepping in it, in oh. your honor. Uh, but most wow. of the time I've been there, it's been frozen, so I just step on top of that. That's okay. okay.
2: That works. Just It's don't really fall
1: only not frozen, like, two months out of the year, so it's...
2: <laughs> I know. I've only ever been there in the heart of summer, so it's been... But even then, it's like so cold. It's like the coldest, coolest lake. It's like bright green, bright blue. It's so bright. It's pure glacier water, isn't it? Like ice melt.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you see the glaciers uh, in the, yeah. Um, yeah, behind it. And yeah, the funny thing is it's not my favorite of the lakes uh, up here, but
2: it's it's. But you went close. there with me and now I've inspired you to step in the lake. That means a lot. Thank you. I try. (laughs) If that's my legacy in your life, I'll take it. Hopefully there's more to it, but I'll take at least that, you know. Um, Will and Aaron, so good having you guys on this episode. I really loved it. It was so much fun. Looking forward to, you guys, we only got two left. It's the two ships. We're going to talk about kinship and discipleship. Um, So stay tuned for those two episodes in the weeks ahead. But for now, for all your other brothers, this is Tom I'm Aaron. And I'm Will. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home.
0: See you next time, friends. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at yourotherbrothers, Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at yourotherbros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community building efforts, consider becoming a Yavr. Yobbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks like bonus podcast content, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash the bros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.